Chevalier Mortgage. You can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com where you can get signed up for a free consultation and to discuss all of your options as well as get free DNVR merch. Check it out today. I'm sure you've heard about the great mortgage rates out there right now, but Mike and Virginia are not your typical mortgage company. Yes, they do have the phenomenal rates, but what makes them different is that Mike is a certified financial planner and looks at so much more than just rate when designing your home loan. Plus, they're a small family-owned company just like us here at DNVR, so you'll always feel like a person and not a number. Again, head on over to dnvrmortgage.com and check them out today. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account. Rudo, AJ, and Jesse coming at you as the Avs did finally make their call up to uh, to replace Sampo Ranta, at least sort of. We'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, Alex Newhook is the guy called up right now. I don't think it's too surprising to anybody. Uh, we, we talked about him as one of the three potential options the other day. Uh Good to have him back. Uh, he seems like in a in a press conference talking about it, he pretty much said what everybody thought, where it was like, yeah, I got to play with the puck a bunch, and I feel more confident after playing in the AHL. So do you guys think it was good enough? He played, what, 10 games, or was it nine down in the AHL? 10. It was 10? 10. Okay. So what is it good for him? Is that enough? Is he ready to be back? It's up to him. Yeah, I guess I guess we'll see, dog. But the one thing, the one thing, when a guy goes down, uh, a guy of New Hook's caliber that goes down to the HL, we always, I always talk about it is puck touches. You know, you have a guy that that has spent his entire life in in a top six on a top power play unit. Even even when he was on Team Canada, was constantly out there, right? Like you have a guy, you have a guy that is out there doing everything for his team his whole life and then he gets into the nhl and it's a culture shock of i'm trying to learn to play in the nhl at nhl speed against nhl players and then not touch the puck and not not always have it on my stick and i'm and i'm and i'm playing nine minutes a night it's just a it's a big adjustment for guys and it's really easy for young guys to lose their confidence when they when they get put in that uh, when they get put in that situation, new hook going down, it's no surprise that the first thing that he talks about is the puck touches. It's 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 a way for guys to get involved uh, in the game and to feel like they're doing something because they, they, they lose that really quickly when you're in the NHL. You just don't have the puck all the time. You got and you got to do a lot of things to get it back and touch it. So it's it's no surprise he started there. I think it's the thing that that number one we're gonna see. Sampo Ranta do when he goes down there is that he's going to play a lot with it. He's going to get his confidence back. He's going to feel a lot better about himself. So I'm, I'm feeling good about new hook. I'm excited about new hook. Uh, as we talked about yesterday, highest, highest ceiling of anybody in the organization at forward that wasn't already on the NHL team. So he's the guy who theoretically helps you the most. Yep. Uh, all right, your your hockey jersey idea far better than a bathrobe. I will <laughs> give you that, Cygnus. No kidding, man. <laughs> uh, Newhook being back, look, you don't have to look any further than the box score to see the confidence. He had 11 points in 10 games down on the AHL with four goals. The one thing I will say, only one even strength goal. A lot of that production coming on the power play. Is there any concern there with Newhook? 
because he's not going to get a ton of power play time. Yeah, they had him skating with PP2 this morning um, at practice. Um, so he, he will get some of those looks. And honestly, that's something for me that I'm kind of hoping is again, a little bit of a confidence thing. Hey, go be, you know, somewhat of a trigger man on, on the second power play unit. That's got some shooters, you know, this adds a little bit more, um, you know, threat to that, that second unit that, I mean, it hasn't just been the second unit, but the power play has been horrible, to yeah, start keep, the a, keep your guys uh, keep your eyes peeled for something coming out on that a little bit later today. I've been working on this all morning. Yeah, <laughs> it's been right. it's been real bad. Yeah, not good. So you know anybody that you can add to either one of those units to try to get anything additional going, I I think is going to be good. Um, but honestly, I I I do, man. I I want to see him become a little bit more of a regular contributor. I'm not expecting it right away. Um but you do want to start seeing him make that step on, on the, you know, at five V five getting his opportunities. I'm not even saying he needs to come in and, and start potting goals left and right, but start getting those opportunities, start getting those looks, start becoming a threat. Um, and then use that little bit of power play time, uh, that, that you are going to get, especially if Nathan McKinnon's going to be out here a couple days. Um, you know, he, he is going to get a little bit, a little bit more, um, opportunity to be in areas to score positions, to, uh, put up points on the power play and stuff. Um, so for me, I'm not too worried about it. I'm just glad that he's, you know, his pucks are fine in the back of the net. And um, like I said, he, he's going to get at least some level of crack at it uh, with the NHL. Uh, I'm assuming even if Nathan McKinnon's back, uh, he probably sticks on PP2 somewhere. Yeah. And we'll talk about McKinnon a little bit later. Uh, but for now, just yeah. looking at New Hook, can he provide? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he sticks on PP2. You think you think if McKinnon, no? if McKinnon I didn't is, know what he was saying, maybe too. Yeah, me either. If, I was if, like, <laughs> Well, I was I was putting it together in my head. Can Sorry. you read my mind? I don't yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. about to ask. <laughs> that would have that would have been a party trick. You're about to ask, and I'm just like, maybe. And we Do just move on. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Segment two coming up. Yeah, right. It's just that easy. Um uh, no, I think uh he might be on PP2 if you put it all together. Um Maybe he's so, well. The other side of PP two is Taves is back now, right? So they're they're yeah. back to running that Gerard Taves pairing on it. Yeah. So there's only three forwards now on that unit. Yep. And then if Duchushkin is back, he's your puck retrieval guy. And then Burakovsky's there. And then it's either Comfer or Kadri. Yeah. So New Hooks could probably, get out. Yeah. Probably on the outside looking in <laughs> if they want to run the two D alignment. If they one if they run the one with four forwards then i would put new hook there hi megan hi uh, megan yeah i mean i don't i don't think we have a jersey maker we, we'd have to find a jersey maker to make dnvr jersey this, this i've, whole got, I've thing got two is... beer league teams in, in need of jerseys maybe we just run it all together there we go we're just you. gonna start sponsoring beer league teams let's go yeah. This is this is spun out of control so quickly. It took one minute for this idea to yeah. just go off. I mean, it was it was it was on Nighthawk started it on Twitter, and then Blaze already had the design because he'd already made one a long time ago. And now we're no a hockey jersey, not a bad. Oh, thing. I was like, he had a bathrobe design a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Look, Blaze Blaze did it. This is all but he had this thing in the hopper. He'd already made one and it looks awesome. So it's just like I'm all okay, for it. Okay, we get it. 
I'm all for I'm, it. Dude, but if we had our own hockey team, I would be bailing on ads games to just go watch them. It's gonna be one of those things though, where like, <sighs> oh, dude, <laughs> what happens when that jersey costs two hundred dollars and none of you buy it though? Well, and look at the look yeah. at the DNVR logo on the shoulders. Yeah, oh, the shoulder patch so is good. so good. You could just you could just get those full sublimated, and they honestly so wouldn't be good. that much. <laughs> All right, so we need to make these. We've come to that conclusion. The DNVR anti-plumbers. <laughs> We've made like a Mario, like a, a Mario level hockey team. Head coach Sergio. All right. <laughs> In any case, to, yeah. to get us back on track a little bit here, what is New Hook's expected role? coming into this is this is this a guy who's going to be on the fourth line playing eight minutes or do you see opportunity for him to get up the lineup uh i think that this should give them the excuse to put their put a fourth line back together Mm -hmm. um i think that the smartest play here is is you you put nichushkin back in your and this is assuming okay we're just going to operate in the window where mckinnon plays on thursday yeah we'll get i don't i don't know later look we have a he did not practice today with a with what the team told us was a lower body issue. He was being evaluated for yeah. It, so. so we'll and and Bednar did not speak after practice, so we have no updates. So everybody drawing a conclusion somewhere, we're all just guessing. So what I'm going to do is operate in the world that he plays on Thursday, because I don't want to have three different conversations at once. It's, so we're it's just McKinnon. He's playing until he's ruled out, right? Let's like, just, I'm just going to operate under the assumption he plays on Thursday um, because it changed it. Everything changes. If he doesn't, then Comfer has a different job and blah, 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 blah. So if McKinnon plays, you have the top line is the top line. Your second line, you have Nachushkin with Kadri and Burkowski. And that I would probably go Comfer a new hook as your three C, whichever one. Um, Comfer sucks at center, so me personally, I would just stop with this attempt. But uh, I would put I would put Jost with Helm and O'Connor and just have three lines that you're comfortable with that you you know what they you do feel yeah. comfortable. They are going to accomplish their jobs. Because the two right now, the 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 one and a half lines that they're rolling out there has been nothing but frustrating. And so I think a Helm, Jost, O'Connor, that's your fourth line, your fourth line, which will probably be, you'll probably have two third lines because they'll probably end up with equal minutes, uh, special teams depending. But that's how I would do it. And then run your third line as kind of just your leftovers. Um, where you, you know, you have a, you you have a uh, new at... hook, uh, and then you have comfort, and then you make your decision. You know, Cout a... or Sherwood or whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean, Cout still hurts, so you Sherwood and Magna sure. are are your guys that you're that you're putting there, uh, and then you have, you know, saying this out loud, knowing how they the the way that Bedner values handedness, it's probably going to be comfort in the middle, new hook on the left, and one of those guys on the right, and then. Yeah, maybe you just deal with that. It's and we've seen, you know, the Evs aren't afraid to run a line that is relatively fluid. Yeah, as far as positioning is concerned. Well, and and with how well O'Connor has played, you could you could justify, uh, you know, O'Connor moving uh, moving sure. up. Yeah, 
Um, For me, it's mostly just about getting guys into secure roles that they're comfortable in. And you're minimizing the amount of your forwards that are trying to either play up or play down or figure things out or just survive or whatever. Um, Because I think that that's a, that's a problem. The other, the other question is, is with a guy like new hook, how do you maximize him? Right. How do you get the most out of him? How do you make sure that this, this call up is actually like worth and you didn't just trade one do nothing rookie for another with Ranta and new hook. Sure. And I think that's part of it too, that you hear a lot of people get, you know, frustrated with sometimes is, is there's just been so many instances, not just with the abs where you see these guys come up and yeah, they're, they're these skill guys who were sent down to the AHL to get more comfortable get more puck touches, all the stuff we talked about at the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. And then you plug them into these, you know, fourth line, you know, kind of like role player um, spots. Honestly, for me, what I want to see, and and this is going to be a weird comparable when I first say it, but like you want to see him kind of have that Logan O'Connor effect. I'm not saying they're the same player or anything like that, but like you want to see him just go out there and earn his own bounces, earn his own opportunities, put you know, just put his head down and skate, move his legs. And if he does that, he's going to get, I mean, shit, Alex, or excuse me, Logan O'Connor skated multiple games now in the top six. Um, New hook just needs to make sure that efforts there and he's going to get moved up that lineup. I really do think Nachushkin is almost kind of like a placeholder for them. I, I think that is where they're banking on him ending up by the end of the season. Right. If everything goes right, I mean, everything goes according to plan. If you're, if you're, if we're being honest, like the, the ideal outcome here, like best case scenario is that Alex Newhook, yes, plays his way into that spot and that Nachushkin and Jost become go get back, put back together. And then maybe O'Connor ends up on that right side or Confer's on yeah. that right side. And that's like your shut down ish type yeah. of line that doesn't give anything up defensively. Uh, right. O'Connor's better defensively than Comfer is. So I'm tempted to make a, a Nachushkin Jost LOC third line, which may not produce a ton offensively. The ultimate shut it down. Mode. Right. Yeah. But this is your, this is your gear it down. You've got a one goal lead in the third period and you consistently can roll that line out and ask them to play up a line or two, take on a second line matchup. Maybe Moonlight is a take on a top line matchup very briefly, you know, like just to just to try and 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 hunt matchup opportunities with a line like that. I think that's the like best case. Like that's where I think they would like to get to. Yeah, um, I mean, where where New Hook is justifying being on the left wing next to a Kadri and a Berkey, because I think that's that's your lineup like optimized in terms of talent. And I think like what it comes down to is the Avs are looking for someone to drive production in their bottom six. Yes, they have JT Comfer, but the rest of it is not scoring much and Comfort's getting cratered in possession metrics. Now the Hellman Comfer's not scoring at 5v5. Right. Comfer's Comfer's only scoring as when he's out there with top top six six guys. guys. Right. So he's not, he's like all the points and everything come with like asterisks like all over the place but here i specifically say production because you look at the yeah. abs bottom six and you look at the Hellman friends line and you're like okay that line is driving possession but they don't have any finishing ability so they're not producing the points that frankly the abs have needed from their bottom six lately like it's okay if your fourth line is not chipping a lot of offense in but it can't be your third and fourth line right 
Like right. you've got well, Jason next... Magna has eight games with zero points. Martin Kaut has six games, zero points. Uh, Sampo Ranta just gave you 10 games with zero points. Darren Helm has 10 game, one point. Tyson Jost has 10 games, two points. Logan O'Connor is your bright spot there with 10 games and three points. Otherwise, like your bottom six guys have not done collectively. This is all of them have not done nearly enough, nearly enough. Yep. Well, and and that's what you like about that, that again, theoretical third line that you just kind of outlined there, AJ with Nachushkin, Jost, O'Connor. Yeah. Those guys can shut it down. They can play safe. Great. You know, uh, you know, great in their own zone. Uh, but that's also a line that if they get their rushes, like you've got, like, it's not just a black hole of like offensive players. Like you've got guys there that can finish. You've got some skill guys. Um, it's, so it's not, you know, that's not a shutdown line where you're completely punting on the offense. Um, and yeah, just give, gives you more of that depth, a little bit more of a threat more than just when Nathan McKinnon rolls over the boards. Right. So y'all may have noticed I did shave my beautiful face. I got a pro tip for you here. Go get yourself two lawnmowers. All right. I have the 3.0 and the 4.0 because they upgraded while they've been with us. One for the junk, one for the hunk. That's what I like to say. All right. You make it work with with both razors. So hit up Manscaped. Get 20% off with code DMVR. You can also get free shipping uh, with the perfect package 4.0. yeah, you can shave your whole body, Cygnus. Every every square inch that you want to shave with the with the lawnmower. So, get in there, take care of what you need. Also, been using their new uh, body wash and shampoo that works great as well. So, check them out today. Again, use the DNVR code to get twenty percent off at manscaped.com. and then head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Keep using that DNVR code when you sign up for a new account. All you have to do is bet one dollar on any football game for a team to score a point. If the team does not get shut out, you win $100 in free bets. So don't bet on a team that gets shut out like the uh, – who did the Broncos play the other day? I forget. Uh, the Cowboys. Cowboys. Dallas. Yeah, that's right. The Dallas, who was good until then. But Dallas sucks because the Cowboys suck. That's all I got to say about that. Anyway, bet on football. Get $100 in free bets with the DNVR code at DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, you can bet on all sorts of other fun events as well ranging from uh, Gaelic football to darts. So why not jump on it, have a little bit of fun. Uh, You can sign up today with uh, whatever account you're feeling with. Well, assuming you're in a legal state, you know, don't, don't do it in an illegal state. I don't think you can do It's a lot of work to try and. Yeah. They have like, they even have like VPN prevention and stuff. So it's It's a lot. I'm saying it's a lot of effort, man, to it's just not worth. Yeah. So. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. To DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And when you make a little bit of money, maybe uh, maybe sign up for an annual DMVR membership because you get you know free shirt to go with that. You get big beers at the bar. You get access to the DMVR lounge. Plenty of other stuff as well. Beyond just you know our awesome content as we've been dropping a whole lot of that lately, check out our uh, plays of the week. If you haven't yet over on the DNVR.com, yep. a little segment that we're, we're having some fun with just looking at dope hockey plays. I enjoyed it. Hope y'all enjoy it. Uh, anyway, 
Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Womenscape too. It's you can and women can use it just as well as men. It all works. Uh so will the Avs ever play a full lineup this season? Yeah, Thursday. You think McKinnon's good to go? I sure. mean <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that he's not. So until I'm told that he's not, I'm assuming he is. I know, I know. Okay, like I'm just other people. Other people are totally, <laughs> totally free to assume otherwise that he's going to miss and that they'll never have a fully healthy lineup. And okay, cool, whatever. So I'm um, going to split hairs just to piss AJ off on this one. I say <laughs> no, they won't have a full lineup on Thursday. Okay, Abel Franco is still out. True. Yeah, well, he's not. He wouldn't play anyway, so irrelevant. <laughs> Maybe if they had a full healthy lineup, he would. The guy, the guy, the guy opening up the door on the bench is not my concern. All right, look, that's a big hit to morale. Okay, I care about everyone, AJ. Okay, well, I don't. So I'm an equal you, opportunity door opener. You come up to the bench door and it's a giant Jonas Johansson opening the door. That's intimidating. All right, yeah. you need a smaller goaltender like Francos to be doing that to get to keep everyone, Yeah, keep everyone calm on the bench. You don't need some, you know. Hulking, hulking Swede over there yelling at you. <laughs> exactly. They they need a different captain then. He's not hulking. There. Yeah, when you're that attractive, a, you're not hulking. All right. Yo, now you're taking side swipes at Jonas Johansson's attractiveness. I'm just saying, saying he's not he's as, attractive as good as looking Gabe. as Gabe Landisal. Yeah, he didn't say he wasn't good looking. I'm. Yeah. I'm genuinely, I don't think <laughs> I can picture Jonas Johansson's face right now. <laughs> Look, he's on team male model. He has to be relatively attractive. So I mean, he's Swedish, so I'm just assuming. <laughs> it's hard with the goalies, right? Because they're always wearing their mask. Eh. Yeah, now that you say that, what does Jonas Johansson look like? Like that? Apparently like this. I feel like there's a better <sighs> image of that man out there. Yeah, no, he's got a, he's got some attractiveness going on for sure. All right. If he like if he if, if he didn't have the flow, would he still be attractive? Yeah, the flow helps him a lot. Yeah, sure. I think the. Is it legal to have bad hair in Sweden? <laughs> I mean, Carl Soderberg. But I mean, on like I mean, even still, I feel like that. Like if that's your low bar, you're in pretty good shape. I, I feel like that's the defining. It's like. You're either super attractive or like it looks like you've been in a war and you're have like one broken eye and <laughs> you're, you're like all sorts of messed up. No offense, Carl, but uh, <laughs> it's what it takes. You have to actually be smacked in the face to be just, not a model in Sweden. Just dragged Carl Soderbergh through the mud, man. Yeah. Look, man, one Odin's eye messed. doesn't do it for me. All right. I was messed up. <laughs> Sideswipes. See what I mean? Not great hair. Yeah, I mean, if, it's if, a little if, that's, if that's bad hair, like I, it's just not it, his flow is not helping him. Not Whereas Jonas Johansson, I think his attractiveness is getting bailed out a lot by the flow. <laughs> I can't believe this is a conversation that's lasted like four minutes now. <laughs> with, with pictures, like we've yeah, now like... gone through several different photos of people. <laughs> We don't need all that. No, yeah. we don't need to ruin it with. Oh, look at this. Compared to that, it's like everyone's ugly. So, you know. 
That's from when he was in Sweden, even. Good lord. All right. Yeah, he, was able, he was able to get his hands on the, the Swedish hair products as well. Ooh, the good stuff. stuff. That's how it all uh that's how it actually works. You just put the Swedish product on and it just looks good no matter what. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh getting back into the Avs lineup though. Kale McCarr practiced in a in a proper jersey, so expectations are too. he'll be back in the lineup, you know. Is he a hundred percent? Probably not, but he's good enough to play, I guess. Are any of I, us ever a hundred percent? True. Kale McCarr had a had an extended conversation with Jared Bednar on the bench pretty much after everyone had left. There was only a couple guys left on the ice uh, shooting pucks and stuff. They sat there talking for, honestly, quite a while, more than five minutes, just talking one-on-one. Um, obviously, Bednar didn't speak, so not able to figure out what that is. But, no, I mean, honestly, McCarr looked good in practice today. Um, he, he, for the first time this season, at least in, in practice, you know, having, having been to a, a bunch of them now, um, he, he looked good. He was, he was snapping the puck around. He had real good speed. He had a couple really nice goals. Um, and, and so I, I'm fully expecting him to be there. And I think he's as close to hundred percent as, you know, a hockey player is ever going to be throughout the season. All right. Well, some good news there, I suppose. Can I just tackle this chat question real quick? Is it the Ryan Reynolds or Landy one? No, it's the who's the hottest one, and all the dudes are saying Landy. What do the ladies say? Yeah. All right. Well, one lady's already said Landy. So there's a there's a large there's a large Vico contingent out there. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm not kidding. I, the broad shoulders are popular. I've heard. So I guess he's grown up. When you got a big butt like that, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, um, uh, look, the Avs are in a spot where at this point, they're kind of just used to adjusting to whoever whoever comes in and out of the lineup, right? They haven't really been properly healthy at all this season, so they're doing it on the fly. If we assume McKinnon is healthy, I... Is it a mental bonus to have a fully healthy lineup? Like how much how much does that do for a team, especially like the Avs that let's face it, they're probably not in the best spot mentally after those two Columbus games. I think it's a big deal, man. I think when you feel like, all right, no more excuses, this is on us. Now, not to say that they've had legitimate excuses because they're really not missing a lot out of their lineup. Like missing McCarr is a big deal, missing Nachushkin's important. But you're still talking about without McCarr. They should be one of the better defensive teams in the NHL. They shouldn't be giving up 40 shots on goal to Columbus. But emotionally, mentally, all right, we've got all the guys back. This is the first time all season we've had the lineup that we want to have. Let's go show everybody what we can do. You know, it's. Yeah. I think it's an easy thing for them to buy into right off the hop. Well, and, and everyone, everyone has had those types of days where, like, everything just seems to go wrong. You spill this, you, you know, your, your, your hoodie pocket gets hooked on the door as you're walking by like the door handle. Like everyone just had those days where it seems like everything goes wrong and it does like impact, honestly, your, your mentality of like, Oh, you're just expecting things to go wrong the rest of the day. Getting a fully healthy lineup back, honestly, to me is just going to have that relief of like, okay, things are going all right again. Like things are back to normal. 
Because for a second there, it was just like every single time they touched the ice, someone was getting hurt. Someone was going down that injury list was getting longer and longer. And then every time that happens and a bad bounce goes against you, just it just kind of beats you down. So I definitely think this will be a, a huge mental boost for them, getting their lineup back, getting everybody back healthy. Um, and, and yeah, no more excuses. You can't, can't lean on that as a crutch anymore. No more excuses. So a little bit of the pressure being back on then too. Um, maybe it helps. Maybe it does. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe the poor record out of the gate, maybe the, you know, getting back to health and everybody's everybody outside of Colorado is not really thinking about the avalanche. They're not really talking about Colorado's slow start in part because they're one of several teams that everybody expected to be good. That's off to a slow start. Most of the cup favorites have been average or worse to start the year. Well, and and here's where it is good for the abs. I was looking at it last night. Uh, They've only played 10 games. A lot of teams around them are already up 13 games. A couple teams will be hitting 14 tonight. By the Um, time they play on Thursday, they'll be one of, if you know, they're, they'll still be sitting at 10. Right. Most other teams will be at 11 or 12 by that point. They're oh, going to have pretty, games in hand. That's why looking at the standings right now is dumb. Pr- pretty much. I, uh, I think they're only one of a few teams that are still sitting at 10, let alone by Thursday. Um, so, I mean, again, there's just another little thing that's kind of in your, in your pocket. If you're the abs. Okay, cool. We're off to a slow start. We are a few games behind, uh, you know, a bunch of teams that are around us. We've got all of our guys back. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do think that the abs are, they've got a lot of things to feel good about right now, assuming the Nathan McKinnon thing doesn't. Turn so there's a bunch of teams in the East at 10 games played, but in the West, it's only the abs, St. Louis and Edmonton. Everyone else has played at least 11. Um, and then the Boston has only played nine somehow. So, yeah. well, and then you consider that the abs again, they don't play tonight and they'll play tomorrow. Yep. As teams continue to play games this week. So. It, the the gap in games in hand is only going to grow in, in that regard. And and you look around the Western Division, right? Yeah, you have Minnesota and St. Louis off to hot starts. But you, you take a look at Dallas has not gotten a strong start. Teams like Vegas is 6-6 six and six through 12 games. So the teams you expected to be at the top of the, the divisions, if you go to the East too, Tampa is, is finally back up to six, three and two. They, they've turned it around a little bit, but Boston's five and four. You have uh, the East, the metropolitan rather is kind of the super division right now with every team above 500, but yep. the rest of the league Which is everybody a lot knew of coming in. Middle. Everybody yeah. saw the Metro was going to be the division of doom this year. Yep. It certainly isn't the central as it has been for so, so many years previously. Um, yeah. It's not the Thunderdome anymore, which I'm okay with. Yeah. I mean, they got a, they got a break when Arizona rolled in. Yep. Um, as Arizona was rebuilding. Uh, obviously, Chicago's off to a horrific start. Yeah. yeah. Just a, a real, real bad start. And then, you know, they're like the rest of the division, you know, the, St. Louis is St. Louis has been awesome, and I don't think there's any way to really get around that. Minnesota, I think, has been super deceiving because I think all but one of their wins have been come from behind wins. 
Yeah, and it's just like regularly this, trail going into the third. Yeah, it's like, like this. This is not going to continue for a team that's winning by one goal on a regular basis and having to come back in games every night is just one of those. Like you're, you're blowing. They have your your like magic all at the right all at the start of the season just to get off to a. They have eight like a, wins and only half of them have come in regulation. Yeah, like minutes. Minnesota is like their underlings are, are pretty good, but the way that they're getting about it, the way that things are actually happening, uh, has been they're four and oh, a lot of smoke and mirror in, I think. in the three on three and shootout. They're four and oh, so that's it's just not sustainable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they if they'd been on the other side of that, you take away four points from them, are we even looking at this as like. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're Minnesota. pretty middle of the pack, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you don't even think about it. It's just, it's really just St. Louis has been able to outscore their problems. And when you go and you look at their underlying numbers, and you look at especially the goals that they're giving up, um, they're not going to be able to. to, to everybody the scoring goes down as years go on, and as as the year as the year goes on, game games get lower scoring. Happens month every by year. month. Teams teams lock in. You, you know the you don't get as many Defenses power plays. Figure it out. Yeah, enough systems, footage on every offense. That yeah, and systems no systems get mastered throughout the year. They're doing it every single day. Six months in, teams are great at what they do. Um, I don't. I'm I'm not convinced St. Louis is going to be able to outscore their problems all year. Um, right now they're papering over them, and that's great. Like they're getting they're getting through that, but. I'm I think Jordan Biddington sucks too. Yeah. Well, I think, I think he is an average starter. And so you're going to have stretches where he plays well, and you're going to have stretches where he plays like shit. And ultimately I think his results are going to land in the middle. Um, but even complete head case and tries to swing. His well, yeah. Like he's, everybody knows he's a psycho. Like that's a total thing, but it's just St. Louis is just different than we've ever seen them because their forward core is really deep. It's really talented. It's really good. Their defense isn't very good, and Jordan Bennington's just all right. Winnipeg is getting bailed out by Eric Comrie right now, so uh, that's something that I'm curious to see how long that continues. Well, is what it is. But the division, the the division around Colorado isn't so good that everybody is, you know, that Colorado's lost contact here. Like that, we're not in that conversation yet. As much as we're talking about a four, five, and one start being bad and problematic, it's four, five, and one. Like it's not disastrous. Yeah. Well, well, so you know, we we talked. I think it was in one of my f- first shows, or maybe even pre, you know, before the season started when I came on. You know that for every ten game segment, you want to be getting twelve points. Um, maybe that's a couple years outdated because that kind of puts you on the fringes. But like, if you look at it from that lens, like, what's well, a ninety-eight point pace? Right. And so it's like, okay, you look at it through that lens, you missed by three points. You got to make up three points in your next 10 game segment. And then it's a wash. Who cares? You, yeah. you, you did what you need to do and then you can get back on track. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Like the four five and one, it seems really bad. It sounds really bad, especially just given the expectations around this team. Um, it, I mean, it's safe to far off it, of the pace you want. It's fair to say that four five and one is not good. Yeah, well, it's not good enough, but it's not it's not horrible either. Yeah, you also you also look at the context of 
the lineup, the lineup changing literally every game. Yeah. The lineup has changed. Uh, they've had their top guys, like their actual, their top line and their top pairing have yet to play in a game together. Not once. So we'll see like you and, and teams live and die by their best players over the long haul. You live and die by what those guys do or don't do. And if they're not even in the lineup, you know, like it's, it's just, they, they, they have not, they have not met expectations, but the lineup is getting healthy and there's reason for optimism with new hook versus Ranta. That swap alone, you should be a little excited about just because one guy is trending in the right direction and the other guy isn't. Right. But they've got a weaker schedule <laughs> schedule this month. They've got it. They they blew the first two games. Yep. Um, and that's two ways about it. Yeah, uh, but it's you know, see me on December first. I, I know everybody looks at uh, Elliot Friedman loves the American Thanksgiving stat. Where it's seventy nine percent, I think it's seventy nine, seventy six percent of teams. Seventy eight, I think. Um, okay, right. We're we're in the same neighborhood <laughs> uh, of teams that aren't in the play or, or that are in the playoffs on American Thanksgiving make it, which disregards that twenty ish percent of them still make that climb every single year. So, yeah. you know, well, it's not. I don't think it's a super meaningful stat because. It's like, oh, all the top teams are already in the postseason picture at American Thanksgiving, and they just stay there. Okay. All right. Well, look, if you're trying to live up to expectations in the bedroom, make sure you're getting a full night's sleep with snooze sleep. All right? Dude, I've got a mattress coming. I'm really excited for the yeah. new mattress. From you're snooze? On it? Yes. Please. From snooze. I'm, I'm, I'm really anxious to try mine. It sucks right now. My bed, not my snooze bed. Well, the Snooze has an option for everyone. They have the only four-in-one mattress that includes hard, soft, hot, cool. Flip the mattress or flip the mattress cover. Either way, get your hard, get your soft, get your warm, get your, get your cool. Whatever way you like to sleep, the Snooze mattress can take care of you. So check it out today. Of course, you can uh, always try before you buy. They do have a, I, I forget how many days it is of a guarantee, but if, if you hate it, you can always send it back, but you won't hate it because it's an amazing mattress. Uh, super awesome, super easy to use. The zippable cover, super easy to throw on there. Again, can can do that. There, Allie's got something to say about it. I have a snooze mattress, and it is literally amazing. The fact that like you can switch it is so cool. Like you just flip it over, and it's a little softer, more of like that memory foam material, or it's harder. And then the cooling part is really dope i i really like it aj i'm interested to see how you feel about it once you get yours but i love our snooze mattress before i had an ikea mattress and let me tell you how bad that was <laughs> so it's been an upgrade for sure so anyway check out the snooze mattress word on the street is there's a, a youtube video of ali and rk opening theirs at the bar so no I don't know. I hope not. I hope that is never found. I have no idea, but it exists. Oh God. Okay. I have to go find that now. So go go check that out. Oh, but so they brought the mattress to the bar and they wanted everyone to feel the mattress. I don't know if people even saw this on Twitter. Um, so they opened the bar at the mattress for everyone to feel, and that 
was our our mattress um and then they put it on the floor and then random people as they entered the bar got to jump on it feel it out and everything um no tequila was not involved it was the <laughs> owner of snooze uh mattresses who wanted everyone at the bar to try it out so it was an interesting experience but they tried to make it like protected and the fact that you can take the little cover out we were able to wash it so that it wasn't just random people who jumped in the bar. Like that's not the mattress that I'm sleeping on right now. Um, but yeah, just come down to the DMVR bar. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So if uh, you don't need to keep up with expectations in the bedroom, maybe it's time to beat your meat. Head on over to hasslecattlecompany.com. <laughs> I almost spit out my water, literally. <laughs> HassleCattleCompany.com has a special offer going on right now for the holidays. You can get 15% off with code DNVR15. So be sure to jump on that and get all the steaks you want, whether you want the, it doesn't even have to be steak. It could be their Wagyu beef burger, could be the, the, the sirloin, the, the ribeye, all sorts of stuff. Look, all right, some people like to, to mash their meat and put it in a stew or something, all right? They, have, they got you covered for that type of meat, too, at Hassle. Uh, <laughs> I'm on a roll today. I don't know what to tell you, chat. I don't know what to tell you. Hassle's great. <laughs> they really enjoy uh, giving people what they want, and, and that's all we're trying to do here with all of our products. But Hassle especially delivers meat right to your front door, and you can... <laughs> You can uh, you can get it delivered with free shipping if you do an order of two hundred dollars or more. So maybe you're having the whole family over for Thanksgiving. Ask everybody what kind of what kind of steak they would like. Ask everyone if they'd like to beat their meat. <laughs> Just when they walk in the door, that should be the first thing you ask. Are you here to beat your meat? Or... Oh, mashed potatoes. Got it. Yeah. Well, you know. Whatever works for you. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna judge. Third period on the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, look, the abs could be better, they could be worse. They're certainly not in a great position, but AJ, you kind of already alluded to it. Facing a lot of teams that they need to beat in in the upcoming weeks. So yep. They're the meat that the abs need to beat. Oh, God. There we go. Now we're talking. <laughs> so, obviously, Vancouver Thursday and San Jose Saturday at home. You, you pretty much need this team to go 2-0 and in those, correct? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. Not, not, those are some of those wins, too, where, like, obviously At worst, you get points, two points. Right. Like, like the, the, the points you absolutely need, but you need to string a couple wins together that feel good, that, that get some confidence back and, and, you know, getting a couple wins at home, get the crowd. Cause what is the record at home this year? Two, two and one. Yeah. Like you just, you gotta be better at home than that. It's, I mean, look, let's face it. This team, they won game one and then they haven't been over 500 since game two. They've been a team that have been fighting to get back to 500 and not able to kind of get over that hump. So two wins in a row puts them over that hump. It's that simple to me. Well, and you also <laughs> have a Vancouver team. It's not. It's like Thatcher Demko. Yep. Um, is is it? Um, the front end is not. They really like JT there. Miller, you know, and like they've got some. They've got they've got talented guys, but that's a team that the Avs should be able to beat pretty handily. Uh, especially defensively, they're just not very good. It's going to be the, the 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 hard part is beating Thatcher Demko, 
And then San Jose on Saturday night. I mean, you're talking, this is a team that has been wrecked by COVID and I'm not sure who all will be in that lineup on Saturday, but even if they get every single guy back in time for that, and I don't know what their status is. I don't know who's expected to come back when. So I don't know if that's even a thing that's possible, but you know, they don't, uh, they don't, they don't really have an imposing group right now. So you really just need to time to put the hammer down a little bit. Yeah. Like you need to, there's a couple of home games and then they go and they play Vancouver again, they play Vancouver and Seattle. And it's like, it's a soft part of the schedule. It just is, is, you're not looking at like, oh, well, San Jose is off to a good start relative to expecting Who fucking cares? You need to beat these teams. You just yeah. do. You just need to beat these teams. You know, it's not it's not red alert if you don't. But walking out of last week with one point against Columbus out of four was just not good enough. If they walk out of this with two out of four points, you're, again, you're surviving. But every, every week that you fail to thrive – that you failed to take a step forward, the failed that you failed to put pressure on teams to to match your point total, is a, is a week that they separate from you. Treading is a, is a week you don't get back in the season to do work to treading, either catch up or gain ground. Treading water is a luxury of teams that start seven and three, eight yeah, and two. Edmonton at nine and one is going to be able to tread. Is they're going to be able to have a five and five stretch at some point because even when they lose points, when that happens. They will have banked enough ahead of a handful of the teams that they won't be in deep, deep trouble or anything. Yeah. The ads so, with their start can't afford to tread water. Yeah, they just the longer the longer you tread the longer you tread water, the more you have to start playing 750 level of hockey. Yep. Which is just unsustainable over a long period of time. Like it's just not it's it's just not. So it's a it's <laughs> you get they got to get to it man you got to get to you you the the first the first month is already gone you're gonna you're getting relatively healthy here you've got to you've got to go do the thing with or without nathan mckinnon if the rest of your team is healthy that's a good enough darcy kemper's in net yeah that's a good enough lineup to beat both of those teams yep both of them Agreed. After that, it's Vancouver again, this time in Vancouver, and then Seattle, the little uh, Northwest road trip there. So two beatable teams on in games three and four coming up as well. And no excuses, right? They they play Vancouver, they play San Jose, then they get another three days off. So this team is going to be the healthiest it's ever going to get with that much time off. Yeah, I mean... I was going to say that you, you go into a soft part of your schedule after you come off... Yeah, it's been annoying for us. <laughs> Two <laughs> games in 10 days. But, uh, you know, it gave them a chance to get back healthy without missing, you know, without guys missing a ton of games. Um, and so, yeah, you're going to a soft part of schedule. Coming off of a favorable part of your schedule, uh, you, this is where you need to get going. And and, and I think they will. Yeah. That's, uh, as AJ kind of put it, this team, wherever it's at on December 1st, is going to be, Either you're you're smashing every panic button in the book, or things are getting back on track. One of the two. I I don't. If they're really... in the same spot where they are now. It's a panic button. Yeah, definitely agreed. If you're if you're like, what are you ninth, tenth in the conference, something like that, 
Like right now, and I know that games played comes into this, but right now they are four points out of a playoff spot and six points out of being in last place. It's hard to separate a whole bunch in the first 10 games of the season. <laughs> so it's just, it's like, look, do I think Arizona is going to catch Colorado this month? <laughs> I, I genuinely don't. But the reality is, like, if you don't get it together, yeah, you're I, you're talking about being in the kind of company you don't want to be in, in the, the standing. So it's, the abs, it's just time. The abs have not played themselves into or out of anything. They're just somewhere in the middle right now, right? And yeah, they're they're in the weird middle zone where you just don't you don't feel good, but you're also not like, well, the season's over. Yeah. But for most of us, I mean, there have been people on Twitter who are like, burn you know, it down. They're, well, they're dedicated to doing this for the next seven months with their life. The, I mean, being like, I told you so. I told you they weren't good enough. Some of those nobody listens to me. Want to burn it down when they're second in the whole league, too. So, so yeah. I mean, who knows, man? Uh, I do want to talk about the deep pairings from practice today, just yep. because. People have been losing it over Byram I'm, being paired with McDermott. Yeah, so Byram right now is on the fourth pairing next to McDermott. Do any of us think that this is actually going to be a, the lineup that they go with in a game? No, no chance. We all think that Byram plays Yeah, over one of Ryan Murray or Jack Johnson? Jack, Bowen Byram is the Avs' most productive defenseman right now. I don't think you, you don't I, really I almost, fit that guy. <laughs> I almost even kind of took it as they're putting – Johnson and Murray together because they're trying to decide which one of those guys stays in the lineup. Uh, Jack Johnson. I think they already have nice, that answer. Jack Johnson had a couple nice plays today at practice, uh, uh, making some good reads and stuff. But I, I, I don't know. I, I noticed it. <clears throat> I intentionally didn't tweet it out. I seriously, I started typing it, but I was like, "Nah, these are practice D pairings," and you know, I'm really not worried about it. And then the next time I got on Twitter, everyone was like, "Oh my god." Uh, Bowen Byram coming out of the lineup. What are they doing? Take a breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not gonna happen like that. Um, I, I yeah, I, I don't even like. I really think it's the Avs looking at things in practice and and seeing. You know, maybe they see something they like and can get something to work with a, a certain pairing this way or or one thing or the other. But I wouldn't read into it much more than that. Yeah. So. Bowen Byram, who has eight points in 10 games, is not about to sit for anyone on the defense, basically. <laughs> it's that simple. Okay, so we agree there. Jack Johnson or Ryan Murray? Are you saying Jack Johnson? Did you say Jack Johnson or Ryan Murray? Yeah, yeah. make your case. Which guy is the sixth guy on I'm Thursday? Keeping I'm keeping Johnson. Uh, <sighs> make your case. Oh, oh, you didn't just want an answer? No, I, 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 I uh, well, one, I just think if you look at the two guys head to head, I think Jack Johnson has had many more positive moments. I don't necessarily know if I want to go as far as saying he's been good or, you know, whatever, but I think he's been better than Ryan Murray. Um, and, and like I said, today in practice, he was making some good reads. He's a veteran guy. Um, and to me, this is exactly what you brought him in for. I think you wanted Ryan Murray to be that guy, um, but I just don't think Ryan Murray's been good enough to start this season. I don't, Stabilizing presence in Jack Johnson. It does not matter to me, to be honest with you. I, That's where I'm at, honestly. 
I'm with it, Rudo there. Don't like neither of them have been particularly effective. Jack Johnson scored that great goal on opening night. He doesn't have a single point since. Ryan Murray has two points. Both of them came in the same game. So neither of them are really producing in any meaningful way. Uh, we've seen the issues with Jack Johnson skating are starting to crop up more and more as the season gets going, where teams are starting to just beat him wide and things like that. But Ryan Murray has not moved the puck particularly well for a guy that you were you were hoping to see a little bit more out of that than someone like Jack Johnson. You don't want him throwing grenades up the ice, and the consistency hasn't really been there for Murray. Sometimes you see him make nice passes. Other times you see him just make stupid, stupid decisions with the puck. So I don't think either of them are perfect. I think either of them are just fine on a third pairing. It really doesn't matter to me which one's in the lineup. AJ? AJ? Doesn't have an answer to his own question over here. Can I say Sam Gerrard? <laughs> Sam Gerrard needs to play better. You can say that. Uh, he's actually, uh, and the only reason I know this is because I've spent all morning on it, but uh, he's been their worst 5v5 defenseman this year. I, that matches the eye test, certainly in the last handful of games. <clears throat> but realistically, though, um, I think it'll be Johnson. I would go with Murray, but I think it'll be Johnson. Um, from a from a statistical profile, Johnson has outplayed Murray. Not by a lot. It's pretty close. Uh, but when you consider that there isn't a huge difference between the two, and you consider the style of the two, if you're trying to be more well-rounded, you go with Jack Johnson. If you're trying to lean 100% into your identity and who you are, you go with Ryan Murray. And I think that we've seen the best games from each of them. Ryan Murray's best game is a lot better than Jack Johnson's. The problem is, is that you don't get Ryan Murray's best game very often. So what are you getting more often? Uh, and I just think that it's probably going to be Jack Johnson for one of the reasons Evan mentions here is that who they trust more on the PK. And I think it's Jack Johnson. I think they think Jack Johnson uh, both on the PK and in end-of-game situations as that guy. Well, and this is why they brought in a guy like Jack Johnson. It's it's to be that kind of safety net, the bottom of the lineup. And, and you you know, with all the while knowing that if he starts doing stuff you don't like, starts, you know, really struggling, you've got a guy in Ryan Murray who maybe a couple healthy scratches, you know, help get him going a little bit better in the right direction. Well, and... Part of what makes this decision so easy and that you're not really worried about which one is in is Bowen Byram's immediate rise to awesomeness. That was a guy that we're talking about at the start of the year where it's like, look, maybe you need to shelter this guy in the third pairing as he as he starts to adjust to the NHL. And he has rolled up this season, just said, nah, put me on the top pair. Let's go. I think that's probably where he ends up, to be honest. I think they're going to roll. My, my, my betting money is that they roll. Taves, McCarr, Gerard Johnson, sure. and then Byram and Johnson. And that's, and that's fine, but you're not having the conversation of, oh, we need to stick Byram with the vet. You're saying, Byram, just go out there and play. You're doing just fine. Yeah. So it gets a little bit easier to build around it. Uh, build the bottom of the abs defense, I'll put it that way. Does, does, Byram's, does Byram's really hot start mean if they, if they do put him next to Jack Johnson? Does Byram's hot start inspire them to maybe overplay the third pairing a little bit? Or is it more of you pick your spots with Byram with other guys? 
spot. And then he takes a regular yeah. shift with Johnson. Knowing yeah, Bednar, probably the be. latter. Yeah. <laughs> he's never afraid to just throw two random defensemen out in a certain the, spot. The but... thing is, is he's never had this type of core, though. That's I mean, true. Few, few coaches in their life ever do. I mean, this is like this is this is gonna be a the defense where now obviously we're looking at guys in their best form and Sam Gerard hasn't been anywhere close to that this year. So uh I think that there needs to be I mean there needs to be an honest conversation about about Gerard not getting big minutes while he's playing the way that he is. I think he needs to lock it down defensively a lot better than he has. And if he gets back to playing the way that we're accustomed to Sam Gerard playing then fine. But I really, I really don't think that the, I think they'll start Gerard Johnson, but I think they should have a quick, uh, a quick trigger to, to make the the switch hook ready to go. Yes. Because Byram has been that good and Gerard has struggled enough. Uh, And Byram, we've seen Byram excel next to both McCarr and Johnson. So it's not like there's a guy that's been propping him up. He's been the guy propping others up. So that's, uh, that's where I just, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it for sure. It's uh, when it comes to Byram's availability there, you're also looking at someone like Devon Taves, right? Is he back to full speed? Maybe it, but he was really, really good in his one game. There were some timing issues uh, that I had, but they were offensively. Yeah, but he was really, really good in that one game. But that's what I'm saying is like maybe his offense isn't quite there, so you throw Byram out for a shift offensively, but it's not. Um, it's not Allie's birthday chat. I know there's some new people in here, namely Just, Jesse, <laughs> mostly Jesse. It's not Allie's birthday. <laughs> Thank you for the super chat, Rick. Seems like whoever's next to Kadri gets a nice boost to their stats. Kadri has been rock solid this year, no doubt about it. He's doing exactly what the apps need him to do in that two center spot. So, and if you go and look at the Wowies, uh, they're all pretty even. Um, he hasn't like hardcore elevated or held anybody back. Uh, he's just playing his own game. Yep. Yeah, he's he's been solid. Okay. Any final thoughts here? Are we uh, we good to go? I think we're good. Yeah. I don't have anything. All right. Great. Not happy birthday to Ali Monroy. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening. Thank you to everyone who genuinely wished me a happy birthday. <laughs> it's just an abs joke that I will never truly understand. But We appreciate you all. Please like and subscribe here on YouTube. Like the video, subscribe to the channel. It helps us out a ton. We will be back tomorrow talking about probably whether Nathan McKinnon is healthy or not. We hope to see you there. Until then, we will talk to you all later.